Uh, thank you for being here today. My name is Matt Bell. If you're new to Destiny, God bless you. We're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I'm the pastor here at the church, and we just want to say that we believe God's got a destiny for your life, a plan, a purpose, a future in Christ, and we're here to help you find it and to live it out and to accomplish everything that God has for you. We believe it's good. Amen. So if you would, open with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're continuing a, a series that we've been in looking at the parables of Jesus. A parable is a simple story that Jesus would tell that would communicate a deep, profound, spiritual truth. And through the past few weeks, we've been going through looking at these different stories that Jesus would tell and pulling out these truths to apply them to our lives. How many of you would say that God's done some work in your life as we've looked at these parables together. Amen. There's like four people up here. God bless you. Amen. Uh, so anyway, we've been looking at these together. Now today's parable uh, has to do with one of the big themes in the Bible. One of the big themes in the Bible is the theme of light and darkness. Of walking in the light or living in the darkness. And this is a theme that's developed all throughout the scripture. And, and the passage we're going to look at specifically today deals with our involvement in shining the light of God into our world. But before I get to our passage in Matthew chapter 5 today, I want to read to you from the Gospel of John uh, three or four different passages that really lay the foundation for us to be able to understand what Jesus is saying in Matthew chapter 5 today. So John chapter 1 verse 4, John speaking of Jesus says that in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming in to the world. This is John speaking of Jesus' birth as he came from heaven, the Son of God, and was born to the Virgin Mary. How the, He was bringing this true light, and he was coming into the world. He says that the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. And his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. These are children who were not born simply of blood or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but these children are born of God. In John chapter 3, 19, he writes and says, This is the judgment that the light, being Jesus, has come into the world. But people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But... Whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out 
in God. Jesus speaking in John 8, 12 says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Again, Jesus answered and said in John 9, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And now our passage today from Matthew chapter 5. In John 9, Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But we know that Jesus now has gone to be with the Father. So who now is the light of the world? Matthew chapter 5, our passage today says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. That's also a fire hazard. (laughs) But they put it on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Thank you that you are the light of the world, that you brought the light of God from heaven to earth. Lord, that you have shown light into darkness. Lord, that we might see clearly who we are and respond to you as you would have us respond to you, as we would would be in relationship with you, restored, eternal life, everything that you bring through the light. Lord, help us now as your people, as you have returned to heaven, to shine your light that you have placed in us and to be faithful to do so until you return. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a little bit of of the background of uh, what this is talking about. As Christians, we believe that the Bible is the Word of God. Amen. As Christians, we don't put this book on the same level as every other book. Because we believe what this book says about itself, the claims that this book makes about itself... And that is that it is the very word of God. The Bible talks about and says that that God inspired men through the Holy Spirit, that they were moved along, that they were carried along by the Spirit of God so that what they wrote down was not their words, but God's word. And so God has revealed himself to us in his word, in the pages of scripture. You see, there's no way for us to know God unless he reveals himself to us. There's no way for you to know someone else unless that person will what? They have to reveal themselves to you. They have to say, this is who I am and this is what I like to do and these are the things that I enjoy and it really annoys me when you do this or that or the other, right? And through their actions, also their heart is revealed. But for you to know someone truly, they have to self-reveal. They have to show you who they are. God has shown us who he is 
in his word. And so his word, which we believe is a revelation of himself to us, a revelation to mankind, he reveals himself. He also reveals who we are as people created in his image, bestowed by him with dignity, with value, with worth, that life from God is important, that your life matters to God. Your life is not an accident, that God is your creator. He reveals to us who we are. He reveals to us how we are to live in relationship to him, our creator. He also reveals why our world is in the mess that it is in. We live in a broken world. I don't have to convince you of that. If you have cable television, you can find out very quickly that we live in a broken world. If you ever watch the news, it should be called the bad news. It's, I mean, it's never good news on the news. It's just, this is wrong, this is broken, these people, those people. We live in a broken world. The Bible tells us why we live in a broken world. It's a little word, but it's a big problem. It's sin. That humanity has rebelled against God, has run away from God, has run away from the light and pursued darkness. This is why our world is in the shape that it is in. But in his word, God reveals not just the problem, but also the solution. How many of you like it when you go to the doctor and you say, look, these are all my problems, and they say, hey, I got a solution for you. How many of you like that? Instead of just saying, hey, sorry, you're just stuck. Now, we don't always like the solution they give us, which is usually eat better or less, exercise more. That's like what my doctor always tells me. It's like, wow, could I just put a record on that says eat less, exercise more, eat less? Like, we, we don't always like the solution, but there's a solution. Now, God reveals to us the problem, diagnoses it very clearly, but also shows us and provides for us the solution. Of course, we know the answer for the sin problem is not just a thing, a something. It is a person, and his name is Jesus. Amen. And so, one of the ways that God communicates in his word to us about our world is using the picture, the imagery of light and darkness. The world, the Bible says, is in darkness because of sin. That humanity has gone its own way, that we've turned away from our creator, that we're not living under God's commands and in God's blessing, but instead we're pursuing the wicked and sinful and evil desires of our own heart that only produces more pain and more suffering and more sorrow, and ultimately it leads to death. The world is in darkness because of sin, and so God sent his son Jesus as the light 
come from heaven, bringing heaven's light to our dark world. And Jesus came and he shined the light of God. He, he, the Bible says that the glory of God dwelt fully in Jesus, the fullness of God, the fullness of the Godhead in Jesus bodily, but that his glory was veiled in human flesh. Nevertheless, he shined forth God's glory. He shined forth the light. But Jesus, as he shined the light of God, he was not received by those who love darkness. When I was growing up, one of the things I hated more than anything was when I was nice and cozy and fast asleep in my darkness and my dad would come in and flip on the light and declare with a loud voice, it's time to get up. It's time to go to church. It's time to go to men's prayer on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Because I love the darkness. People do not like it when you, flap, you know, flash on the light, people who love darkness. And people who are wicked and evil and doing evil deeds in secret, in darkness, when Jesus comes and he begins to teach the word of God, it exposes the sin. And people don't like that. They want to live in their darkness. They want to live in their ignorance. They want to believe that what they're doing is okay. And so they did not receive Jesus because, as it said in John chapter 3, that they loved darkness rather than the light. And so these wicked and evil men, they rejected the Son of God. They rejected Jesus. They rejected God Jesus was not received as the light. Rather, he was rejected. He was despised. He was mocked. He was scorned. He was ridiculed, lied against, betrayed, denied, beaten, flogged, whipped, a crown of thorns placed upon his head, nails driven through his hands and his feet. He was crucified murdered, executed publicly and shamefully because these men thought that they could extinguish the light. But little did they know that in their futile efforts to extinguish the light that God was fulfilling his perfect, preordained, predetermined plan to take his light and shine it through the whole world. These men thought they were extinguishing the light. God was fulfilling his plan to shine his light to cover the whole earth. And on that third day, Jesus rose again from the dead, defeating the forces of darkness, defeating Satan, defeating sin, defeating death, 
defeating hell. And now, today, right here in 2019, in San Antonio, Texas, through Destiny Church, Jesus is shining his light through his spirit. Amen. Amen. His light shines through his spirit that he has given to his church to shine his light throughout the whole earth. And so now the light goes forth. The message of truth, the message of love, Jesus' message of service and sacrifice and repentance of sin and faith towards God, his light marches forward and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Amen. So that's my little introduction to Matthew chapter 5. So Jesus says that you are now the light of the world. How can I be the light? How can me who is so broken and frail and, and have my own struggles with Sin, how is it possible that I could be the light? Well, you see, it's not your light that you shine. It's not your light that you shine. It's his light in you that should be shining forth. Amen. He is the light, and his spirit is in us. It's kind of like the sun in the moon, that we reflect the light of God. We're not the source of it. We can't generate it ourselves. But he has done a supernatural, spiritual work. The Bible says that we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, that God has made us alive in Christ Jesus the supernatural work. In John 1, it said, not a, not a birth by blood, not a birth by the flesh, but being born again by the Spirit of God. That God takes up residence in us. The Bible says, if that same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that he will give strength to your mortal body that he will give life as we live. Paul said it this way. He said, uh, it's, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He said, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the power of the Son of God who gave his life for me. And so it's not in our own strength. It's not in our own power. It's as we yield control, relinquish control, submit to God, submit to his word, submit to his spirit that his light shines forth. We bear the image of God. We show his glory in the earth today. So how do we do this? What does this look like for you and for me every single day? If you look at your life, does your life look like one that is shining for Jesus? If we're being honest, and we should be honest in church, amen? 
we take an honest look at our lives, do we, do we live up to what Jesus said that we were, the light of the world, a city on a hill, a lamp being, you know, a torch lifted high in the air? How do we shine the light of Jesus? Well, we can, we can get a clue by looking at Jesus' life. Jesus, who is the light of the world. How did he shine God's light? He did it through his works, and he did it through his words. We shine God's light through the things that we do and the things that we say. We shine God's light through the actions we take and the words that we speak. Maybe I should say we should shine God's light through these things. Jesus is our example of this. As we see the way that we lived his life and the things that he did, the Bible said he was perfect and without sin. The Bible says that Jesus fed the multitudes. He took care of those who were needy and those who did not have and those who were poor. That Jesus looked after those who, who were marginalized and he actually sought after the broken people. That, that he went to the broken and he went to the marginalized and he went to the leper. Those who society had kicked out of their culture. Said there's no place for you here. Jesus goes and he seeks those people out. Seeking out the outcast. FYI, that's also why he sought us out. If, just, a, just a heads up. To bring us back into God's family. So these are the works that Jesus did. He, he healed the sick. He, he took care of people's needs that they had. These are his works. Yet also... He brought the truth of God. In addition to, to taking care of people's needs, he also brought people the truth. The Bible says that Jesus was a preacher and a teacher. You know, to, to, to preach to multitudes that estimate being over 20,000 people in attendance with no microphone. How many of you know gotta lift up your voice like you, you can't just be meek and mild and a quiet little tender soul if you're gonna have 20,000 people hear your words I know you're all bracing for me to get really loud you're gonna have to lift up your voice Jesus was a preacher he proclaimed the truth of God he proclaimed the truth of God. In Jesus' example, it shows us that we, as his people, if we're going to shine his light, we have to do both. We have to do both. We can't just pick one that we like and not do the action. We must shine the light of Jesus through both actions and words. Acts of love and acts of mercy and also sharing the gospel message. It cannot just be one or the other. 
We can't just say all the right words and never do anything. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. If we have all the right doctrine and all the right theology, but we never do anything, it's dead. So it's not just enough to have the truth, to know the truth, to preach the truth. We must also live out and take action on the truth. But we can't just do acts of service and mercy without sharing the gospel. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. That with no gospel message, there's no salvation. Doesn't matter how much we love and serve and give and sacrifice and smile. If there's no gospel, there's no power. If there's no power, there's no salvation. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It has to be both to shine God's light. And Jesus did both. You know, some of us, depending on our makeup, we're not very bold. And so to, to share the gospel of Jesus, it, we are afraid. We'll, we're, we're more than happy to show up and to love people and to serve people and to serve the needy and serve the poor and to sacrifice and give. But when it comes to telling people that they need a Savior because they're estranged from God and they're living in darkness and Jesus is the only answer for their sin, the tendency is to tend towards cowardice. The other tendency is people who are very bold, who have no problem telling people that you're dead in your trespasses and sin, and if you don't repent, you're going to hell. But they never do anything for people. They're total jerks. So the tendency is either towards cowardice or laziness. We can't be either. We must be bold and we must be active. We must preach the truth and we must serve people in love. We cannot be cowards. We cannot be lazy. We need the boldness of the Holy Spirit fueled with his love that leads us to serve and to sacrifice and to give to others. Now, some of you might be thinking, man, if I start talking to people about Jesus, they're not going to like me very much. You know what? So what? You're right. You, you might be right. You might be right. They, they may be people who are living in darkness who they, they do not want the light of Jesus. But look at what Jesus says in verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill can not be hidden. There is no thing as an undercover Christian. You're not a secret agent for God. You're not like a Navy SEAL slipping in behind closed doors. No, we are the invasion crew. We, we are the ones who storm the beach. We are the ones who they know we're coming. There's no secret agents. 
There should also be no double agents in the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as an undercover Christian. The pe people in your life should not be shocked if you share the gospel with them. <laughs> right? Oh, you're a Christian? Wow. God wants to take the light that he has placed in you and he wants to put it on display. We have to get past this idea that we will be accepted by the world. Get beyond that idea. We will not be, as God's people, as light bearers, we will not be accepted by the world. Did the world accept Jesus? Why do we think that they will accept us? If we're his representatives, we should expect the same kind of treatment. There are those who will come to the light as God draws them by his spirit, produce incredible miracles in their lives as he has done in our lives. And there are others who will harden their hearts and, and dig in their heels and run towards the darkness. That is not our problem. We must shine the light. Jesus said this, you will be hated for all. You will be hated by all for my name's sake. Matthew 10, 22. You know, you don't see that on a lot of coffee mugs. I've never seen that on a Christian bumper sticker at Lifeway stores. You will be hated by all men for my name's sake. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I'm just so happy about this today. We don't have t-shirts that say, you know, you're going to hate me anyway because I love Jesus, right? I mean, we don't, it's not what we think about when we want to like, you know, put verses on coffee mugs. Nevertheless, it's no less true. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. And he also said, but take heart. Because I have overcome the world. You see, when we're worried about what people are going to think about us, do you know who we're making it about? Us. And let me just fill you in on something. In the most loving way that I can, because I love you with all my heart, it's not about you. It is not about you. Verse 16 says, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to you. No. Give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Listen, it's not about us and it's not about our glory it's about us being willing to do whatever it is that the Lord asks us to do, to shine his light, to love and serve people, to give sacrificially, and to share the truth that he may be glorified in our lives, that the light of his glory would shine forth from us. You know, it says that you, you take a lamp and, and you don't hide it. You don't, you don't cover it. 
that, that you lift it, you elevate it up so that it can shine forth its glory. And so God, I believe, will, will do things in our lives to, to elevate us, to, to, to draw attention to us, to, to put our lives on display in the world so that his light can shine through it. You know, Jesus said, if I be lifted high, I will draw all men to myself. And so I believe that God, through elevation and through promotion, that he can put you on display in front of people in a way to shine his glory. But also, what a lot of people don't know about is that what Jesus was talking about when he said, if I be lifted up, he was talking about when they nailed his hands to the tree and his feet to the cross and they lifted him up in crucifixion. And so what it might mean for us for God to lift us up and for God to elevate us and to, to put us on a stand and, and to display uh, us to the world. It might be just as Jesus did that we go through a, a trial, that we go through a hardship, that we go through suffering, that we go through things that we could never even possibly understand. And it doesn't make sense. And we have those days that we think, God, why? Why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen? And it's God putting our lives on display so that his glory can shine out in the midst of it. And it doesn't make sense to our natural mind. Just like how could God save the world through Jesus dying? I mean, that seems like defeat. Yet God takes what makes no sense to the natural mind and he takes it and he turns it and he takes the most shameful thing, the cross, and he turns it into one of the most beautiful things in the world. And God, for you too, will take the pain, the trial, the temptation, the tribulation, the season, the storm. He'll take that and if you will, in the midst of it, Trust in him, shine forth his glory, continue to walk faithfully with him. He's putting your life on display for people to see. And they will give glory to God in heaven for what they see in your life. I've seen it time and time again where people in this church have gone through some of the most difficult things, yet their faith has remained, remained strong and God has used their life, God has used their brokenness to shine forth his light and his glory. The band Switchfoot, I'm quoting from Switchfoot now this morning, they have this song that says that the cracks are where the light shines through. That we're, the Bible says that we have this treasure in earthen vessels and that the cracks are where God's light can shine through our lives. And so don't, don't, don't worry about God. And he, he's got it. He, he, he's in control. He, he's going to see you through. He, he's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to bring you this far to turn his back on you. He will see you through. And in the midst of it, let your light shine for him. And people will, people will be amazed. People will be shocked. People will say, how, how can you have faith in the midst of this? Say, well, you, you just don't know my Jesus. You just don't know my God. 
You just don't know where he's, he's brought me from and where he has me now and where he's taking me to. And I might not understand how it's all going to work out, but I know his word says that he will work all things for my good, for those who love God. Do you love God, my friend? Do you know that you've been called by God, my friend? So in the midst of whatever we're going through in life, let us be careful because there are those who are watching. There are those who are watching. And your faith, as you live it out, as you share it, you know, there's this horrible saying. It's horrible. It goes something like this. Preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Let me tell you something. It's necessary. You must use words. You must use words to explain the creator. You must use words to explain sin, the need for salvation, Jesus the Savior, perfect life, atoning death, resurrection on the third day, returning to judge the world of sin. You have to use words to explain those things. It's necessary. But if we will live our lives faithfully before God in the midst of the trial and the the obstacles and the pain and the suffering and whatever this life brings, whether it's elevation and promotion and we're on top of the mountain high-fiving each other or whether it's the elevation of the cross, God will give you opportunities to share the truth of the gospel. And people will want to hear it when they see you shining your life. I want to read you this story that I found about shining your light. It says that years ago, when train travel was becoming popular, so a few years ago, <laughs> that many people still traveled by horse and buggy. During this time, there was a tragedy at a rural railroad crossing. A carriage containing an entire family was struck by an oncoming train and the family was killed. Following the accident, there was an investigation to see what had gone wrong. And so they called the clerk who was assigned to warn travelers of the approaching trains. They examined him and interrogated him to find out what had happened that night. They asked him if he was at the crossing that night. And he said he was, just as he was supposed to be. They asked him, Do you, did you know the train was coming? Yes, he said, it was right on time as always. Did you take your lantern and go out, to meet, go out to meet it as you were supposed to? The examiner continued, yes, the man said. Did you wave the lantern back and forth to warn that the train was coming? Yes, he said. That was the heart of the examination. So after a few more routine inquiries, the investigation was dropped. The conclusion was that it had just been one of those unfortunate accidents for which there was no known cause. Years went by, and at the time of this man's death, this incident emerged again in his memory. On his deathbed, he was heard moaning over and over again, Oh, those poor people. Oh, those poor people. A friend asked him what he was talking about. And when he had explained it, that it was the accident at the railroad crossing so many years before, his friend tried to reassure him. 
He said, there was a full and careful investigation of all of that, and you were completely exonerated. The gatekeeper said, there was one question they did not ask me. They did not ask me if my lantern was lit. The lantern was not lit, and the death of the family in the carriage crash was the consequence. So the question for us today, is our lamp lit? Are we shining our light? Are we shining forth the love and the truth of God? Are we trying to hide it that we're a Christian? Because we're afraid of what people will think of us. Listen, this world is passing away. This world is fading away. History is coming and marching forward to a final conclusion where Jesus Christ will return and set up his kingdom that will last for all eternity. And there is only one way into that kingdom, and that is to put your faith in Jesus Christ. And we, as his church, have been commissioned to stand up straight, to shine our lights, no matter what the cost, because we're not living for ourselves. We're living for God's glory. Amen. Amen.